Lord Jesus, it is our desire to praise you for all the things that you have done. Not just with our singing and not just with the spoken word and the prayers, but Lord, in the countenance on our face, may we praise you. The tone of our voice, may we praise you. That step, that journey across the room to greet someone we don't know, may we give you praise. Teach us this, Lord, in your name we pray, amen. I wanna ask you if you have a desired outcome when you come to church. Like, do you have a purpose for why you actually come to church, or is it just habit? You show up from week to week and don't expect anything and don't plan on anything, but it's what you do, and so you show up. I hope that each one of you has an intention and a, and a purpose when you join us each and every Sabbath. What is not only your desire for yourself, but, but what is your desire for every single purpose that every single person that drives onto our campus from week to week, every single person that, that walks through the doors and attends the Sabbath school and walks through the doors and comes into the sanctuary to worship, do you have a desired purpose for not just yourself but for those individuals as well? Do you think about that? Do you have a hope for each person that worships with us? I have a purpose for, your, for you and for myself and, and for each guest that joins us from week to week. It comes from Ephesians chapter three, verses 16 through 19, and I wanna read that to you. Ephesians chapter three, verses 16 through 19. It is my prayer that the Father would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses all understanding, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Seems like a pretty important expectation for each of us. Not only do I desire this, and not only do I pray for this for myself and for, for y'all as well, but I believe it is our responsibility. It is our, our, our opportunity as a community to do everything we are able to do to help facilitate this outcome. To do everything in our power to, 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 to provide an environment in which this experience is most feasible. And when I say I, and, or when I say our and, and we, I don't just mean the pastoral staff, and I don't just mean the elders, and I, I don't just mean the Sabbath school teachers, I mean everybody that is a part of this church, everybody that is a member in this church. As a collective family, we all have the opportunity, the privilege to provide an environment in which God has the ability to speak loud and clear without any distractions. The privilege to, to, to provide an environment in which people can, can be, will be more open to knowing about the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God's love. That environment is not easily achieved, especially 
especially within a church of our size. Especially as a church grows larger and larger, it takes more and more intentionality to provide that type of environment. Within seconds of crossing the threshold, a young man greeted me with this huge smile on his face. He was just beaming from ear to ear. Good morning. Is there anything that I can do for you? I gave the typical male answer without even thinking. No, I've got it. I'm okay. No problem, he said. Let me know. Just let me know if I can do anything for you. Within just a minute, I realized I did need help. I had no idea what I was actually doing. And so I said to him, I said, sir, actually, I went back and found my smiling friend. I said, actually, could you, could you show me where, where this thing is? Not a problem. Let me ask Sarah to, to, to take you to where you need to go. And, and he turned and he called out Sarah. And with a quick wave of the hand, he waved this girl over. And while this young lady was walking over to us, he said, sir, do you mind if I ask you your name? I said, my name's Chad. He said, Chad, it's so nice to meet you. My name is Michael. I said, nice to meet you, Michael. Sarah arrived. Sarah, this is Chad, and he needs, and then he explained what my needs were. She said, no problem. I can, I can take you over there. Sarah smiled just as bright as Michael. While we were walking to where we needed to go, she was chit-chatting back and forth with me, then pointed out what I was looking for and said, if you need anything else, just let us know. We'd be happy to help you, as a smile beamed across her face. In just three minutes of my very first visit to the Apple store, I was already in love. <laughs> I apologize to all you Android fans out there, but I bought my first Apple product that day and have never looked back. In fact, I went in to buy something for my wife saying I would never use Apple, and in three minutes, I was sold. In just three minutes of my first visit to the Apple store, I felt valued, appreciated, and welcomed. I thought this is the warmest and the friendliest store that I have ever been in. I've been in the Apple store many, many times since then, and I don't know about your experience, but in, in my experience, I have never once had an awful visit. What does this have to do with people knowing the breadth and the length and the, and the height and the depth of God's love? I believe it has everything to do with knowing the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of God's love. You see, the Bible tells us that we as people are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And part of being fearfully and wonderfully made is that that means we are not robots. We are not mechanical. We do not just get something programmed into us, and then operate off of that function. We are people that are full of emotions, and the way that God made us, those emotions impact every aspect of our lives. They impact the way that we see things. They impact the way that we hear things. They, they impact the way that we learn things. The way we experience an environment is all impacted by, by our emotions. When I walked into that Apple store, the greeting was so warm, the help was so immediate, the smiles were so bright. When a third person came up to me, over to me to talk about a MacBook that I had begun looking at, I was ready to listen to his message, and yes, I ended up walking out of the store with a brand new MacBook computer. 
Let me ask you, would I have been in a different frame of mind? Would I have been as ready to listen to his sales pitch if I had walked into the Apple store and no one had said hello? Would I have been in a different frame of mind? Would I have been in a, not as ready to, to, to listen to a sales pitch if I had asked someone, hey, can you show me where such and such is at? And they said, oh yeah, it's, it's over there somewhere on that wall. Or what if I had been looking at the MacBook and said, sir, can you tell me something about this MacBook? And he said, yeah, I'll be right with you. And then I stood there for, for 30 minutes. Would I have been in a different frame of mind? I might have just walked out. In fact, I probably would have just walked out. I have to tell you that, um, that I struggle sometimes with spite. And I've been known to walk out of a store even when I needed something just because it was, I wasn't treated right. Depriving myself of what I needed in order just to make a point, which really is no point at all since they have no idea that I was making that point. <laughs> oh, how silly and foolish we are at times. But you see, everything leading up to the sale of the computer contributed to the sale of that computer. The Apple Store is intentional in the way they handle each customer that enters a store. If a computer store that is trying to make money, if a computer store that is, that is, that is trying to, to make money to line people's pockets is this intentional, how much more should we be? We who desire for people to leave this place more in love with Jesus Christ. There are some that have expressed an opinion about us. And I asked the high school kids at our school in chapel a couple of weeks ago if they've ever heard this opinion and about 90% of their hands went up and said yes, they had heard this opinion. I've heard this opinion. I'm sure that many of you have heard this opinion as well. I've heard the, the opinion that, that, that Spencerville doesn't always seem like a very friendly place. I've heard the opinion that, that sometimes Spencerville doesn't seem like a very loving place. I've even heard people use the word cold on occasion. That is the perception out there by a number of folk. If I asked you to raise your hands like the high school students at SAA, I'm sure that a few of you would be able to raise your hands as well. Now I want to say this. I don't believe any of that to be true. I don't believe any of that to be true. The people in this church are very loving. The people in this church are extremely friendly. I would even describe 99.9% .9 of you as warm. And that 0.1%, I know if you just had a few more hugs throughout the week, you would be warm as well. <laughs> I don't believe we have a love problem I don't believe we have a friendliness problem or a warmth problem. I believe in a church this size, we have an intentionality problem. We have an intentionality problem. I believe in every church, but I believe especially in a large church like this, if we are not intentional about every single thing that we do, then every single week, there will be a few people 
that will miss a friendly handshake. There will be a few people that will miss a warm smile. There will be a few people that may not experience warmth and they may say, you know, it felt kind of cold in there. Not because that is who we are, but because if we are not intentional in a place of this size, folk will naturally be missed. They'll naturally be missed. The success of the Apple stores is not just their equipment. The success of the Apple stores is not just their product. It's not just their branding or their logo. It is the intentionality of their employees with how they engage with each and every customer. Now you may be asking, is this a sermon or a business lesson? Dr. Landless just said both, and in a way it is. But it is a sermon because I believe the greatest model of intentionality within ministry was Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and we will see who our true model for intentionality in ministry is. John chapter 5. And while you're turning there, again, I want to remind those who may not have been in here, we now have Wi-Fi, and you can look in your bulletin to get the password that's available to you for you to look up your Bibles, not to go on Facebook or play video games, but for you to go to the Bible or during Sabbath school lesson, you can get your Sabbath school lesson as well. But John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. They believed that when those waters stirred, it was a symbol that they could go in and be healed. Verse five, a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been a long time in that condition, Jesus said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Verse 9, immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. This is important. So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, he who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. His loyalties have shifted. He said, I know what your opinion is, but look, this dude healed me, so I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. Probably didn't say dude, I apologize. But that's what he said. They asked him, who is this man who said you pick up your pallet and walk? I want to ask you a few questions about this story for a minute. I want to ask you, do you think Jesus just picked some random guy sitting by a pool? And said, I'm going to go with eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger. Okay, you're not it. Do you think it was like that? No, no, not at all. When Jesus asked the man, do you want to be healed? Do you think Jesus was unsure of the answer? No. Did Jesus forget which day it was that, that, that he was healing on? Did he say, you know what? Is it Friday or is it Sunday? I think it's okay for me to heal today. Was it just a casual or a flippant comment that Jesus made to this man? Pick up your pallet and walk. Oh, wait, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. No. 
Did Jesus know that this man carrying his mat on the Sabbath would bother some of the religious leaders? Absolutely, Jesus was aware of that. I want you to see something in this story. Everything Jesus did in his ministry was done with intentionality. Everything that Jesus did in his ministry was done with intentionality. Verse 13, but the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. Verse 15, the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, my father is working until now and I myself am working as well. Verse 18, for this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And now listen to verse 19. Listen to the intentionality in which Jesus speaks. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is directed by his father. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. Jesus tells us in this verse that he does nothing unless the Father directs it. Everything in Jesus' ministry and mission was intentional. He didn't just happen to be going back through the crowd and run into this man and say, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you something. No, he slipped back. Jesus didn't find out that this man had told the, 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 the leaders that, that it was Jesus who had healed him. He didn't, he didn't think, oh man, I didn't think you were going to say anything to anybody about this. Everything that Jesus did was intentional. His ministry was intentional in every way. If the Apple store, a business trying to make money, is intentional about its interaction with customers, how much more should a church trying to share Jesus Christ be intentional with the people that enter into its doors? But all the more, if Jesus were so intentional in his ministry, how much more should his body, the church, be intentional in every aspect of their ministry as well? Nothing flippant, flippant, nothing unthought of, nothing done just by accident. Well, we got lucky today and the service went well. Well, we got lucky today and people showed up and said hello to other people. Well, we got lucky today, and, and the deacons all collected the offering in such an organized manner. No. If Jesus was this intentional about the salvation of souls, about the salvation of your soul and my soul, then should we not be just as intentional in every aspect, in everything that we do within this church? Not for our glory, not for our praise, and not even to change our reputation, but we, because we want every person that comes into our church, including each one of our members, each one of you, to feel like the experience that they had here was the greatest experience of their week. Is that realistic? Well, I just show up to church and Hope it's not too long. 
Hope when I fall asleep I don't snore. Hope that I don't get too hungry. Or should this be the greatest experience of a person's week? I ran into some members with my son Dayton at Jimmy John's Subs this week. I love Jimmy John's sandwiches. If you want to take me to lunch, let's go somewhere where it's freaky fast like Jimmy John's. I mean, I really like them a lot. But I don't want going to Jimmy John's Subs to be the greatest experience of my week. I love going to baseball games. I've had a chance, I went to, I've already been to a Nationals game and an Orioles game, and I'm going to another Orioles game next weekend. I've been to a couple Wizards games, I've been to a Capitals games. I love sports, but I don't want going to a sporting event to be the greatest experience of my week. The greatest experience outside of spending time with my beautiful wife and my three beautiful boys, the greatest experience should be right here every Sabbath morning with my family. And it should not only be that way for me, and it should not only be that way for you, but it should be that way for every single person that enters the walls of this church. Why? Why? Because if we feel that way, if we experience that reality, then by just the way that we are wired, we'll be more likely to be able to comprehend the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. We'll be able to know the love of Christ which surpasses all understanding and to be filled up to the fullness of God which is in Christ Jesus. Just by the way that we are wired, if we come with the expectation that this is gonna be the greatest experience of the week, that when the Holy Spirit speaks, we'll be more ready to listen. Jesus understood this concept and embraced this concept. The wonderful book, Ministry of Healing, page 143, is a great quote probably many of you are familiar with. Christ's method alone will what? Bring true success in reaching people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. And then he bade them, Follow me. Jesus first ministered to the needs before he bade them follow me. What does a person need when they come to a church? Some may say, well, they need the word. Yeah? They need to hear the blessing of the music. Yeah? They need the prayers. Yeah? But I would say before any of that, a person needs to feel loved. A person needs to feel welcomed. A person needs to feel appreciated. A person needs to feel valued. A person needs to see someone smiling at them. Do you know that some of you probably go throughout the entire week and don't have a single person smile at you? You should be able to come to church and have hundreds of smiles directed your way. A person needs to hear a kind word, whether from a stranger or from a friend. What Ellen White is telling us in this quote, the word, the prayers, the music will have much greater impact in calling someone to follow Jesus if the heart needs of the people have been met first. 
We think about that out in the context of the world and about reaching the poor and helping those who are in need. But folks, we need to be just as, ten- as intentional on the campus of this church. The heart needs can only be met in a church of this size with great intentionality. At the end of that quote from Ministry of Healing, a quote that we had to memorize in undergrad school or in grad school, if any of you are pondering becoming a theology major or going back to school or going to the seminary, memorize that quote and you'll already have at least one answer on several tests, right, I promise you. But a line that is never included that they never made us memorize is actually the line right after that. Ellen White wrote this, there is need of coming close to the people by personal effort. By personal effort. Personal effort, that is a statement of intentionality. Effort is about being intentional in what we do. There is a need of coming close to the people by personal effort. If we can't get close to anybody anywhere else, we should at least be able to get close to people within the walls of this church. The issues people have with Spencerville have very little to do with what takes place in this room. The issues that people have with Spencerville actually have everything to do with what happens beyond this room. Which is why we are starting a new ministry called His Teams. This is a new ministry to change the way we experience Sabbath and to change the way that others experience Sabbath here at this place as well. The greeters we have are great. The hospitality team desk team is great. We have many great deacons. We have our one usher, Fred, who's there in the back, who is great. I love you, Fred. Both services he comes and he ushers, praise Jesus. But for a church this size, we can no longer achieve the intentionality worthy of the body of Christ with a few. We need the masses. We need each and every person, each and every one in this room to be invested. We need every member to decide that they wanna make this Sabbath and the next Sabbath and the Sabbath after that the most special experience of a person's week. So we are building teams. No longer silo groups that get their designated duties by email, but true teams Groups of people that will plan, that will strategize, that will dream about, that will carry out the greatest Sabbath experience hopefully any of us have ever seen. Teams that will work together to welcome in the parking lot, welcome at the doors, welcome at the hospitality desk, welcome as they hand out bulletins, welcome as maybe they serve lemonade on a hot day and hot chocolate on a cold day. Teams that that will will make sure that not one person leaves here without seeing a smile and being welcomed in a loving manner. Teams that will welcome with such intentionality that not one person will be able to say, I was missed. Not one person will be able to say, I walked in in silence and left in silence and no one noticed. Teams with such intentionality that no one who is looking for that one place 
where they can be accepted will leave here unaccepted. There was a lady I invited to our church before I even moved here. I'd been hired and I was coming back here to preach and I invited a lady to come and visit our church and this lady came. She was here in our midst. She has not been back since. I spoke with her, talked with her about that. I asked her about her experience. She said, I liked the music. She liked the sermon. She liked all the kids. She loved seeing all the kids that were here for the children's story. She appreciated everything that happened in this room. So why not come back? So then why not come back? She said, I just don't think I could connect there. She said, no one said hi, but then she took credit, she took responsibility too. She said, of course, I didn't really say hi to anyone either, I'm a little bit shy. I just don't think I could connect there. I don't want someone that's shy to think that this isn't a place for them. I don't want someone that's weak to think that this isn't a place for them. I don't want someone that's struggling or uncomfortable to think that this isn't a place for them. I know that's not what a single member here would feel towards this lady, that they wouldn't want her here, or that they would would shun her. But without intentionality, it will happen to both non-members as well as members every single week. Every single week. But because we represent Jesus Christ, who is intentional in his pursuit of each and every heart in this room, because we represent Jesus Christ, the most intentional, ministry-minded man in the history of mankind, because we represent Jesus Christ as his body, no one should ever be missed. We should be intentional about every single person. As was recently shared with me, Sabbath should be an oasis in a busy and weary time. If anything, these three to four hours we spend together on Sabbath should be a long drink that quenches us to get through the week ahead. And it should be for everyone, whether you were born into this church or are here for the first time. And that doesn't just lie with the music or the sermon, it lies with the people. I would say this that it almost all lies with the people. Which is why we need you, every single one of you. Folk, we will not be able to change the culture that we wanna change. We will not be able to be as intentional as we need to be. The His teams will not be successful without you. It can no longer be the 20 or the 30 anymore. It cannot even be the 100 or the 200. We need each and every one of you to take part in this effort. Each and every person to say, you know what? I can give up one Sabbath at least every six or seven or eight weeks. I can give up one Sabbath in making this church from the entrance of our parking lot to the exit of our parking lot the warmest, most loving, and caring place, the most Christ-like and intentional place in all of Montgomery County. You know what, I can do that because I have a God that's been intentional towards me so I can be intentional for him. So I wanna invite you at this time to take out your connection cards. 
those cards that you received in your bulletins, take out these white cards. And while you're pulling those out, I want to say to our guests that are here, if you want to be a part of making this a church, and you may be new in your journey, you may be completely new in your journey, but you want to be a part of a church that, that is intentional about giving people the greatest opportunity to love Jesus more each and every week. I want to encourage you to fill these cards out as well because these teams are for every single person. This is a ministry for all people, members and non-members alike. It is a ministry for all people who love Jesus and want to share that love with other people. You can be outgoing or you can be shy. You can be talkative or soft-spoken. You can be a leader or a follower, creative or uncreative, a child or a senior. You can have so much energy or you can have no energy at all and we will still have a place for you. You may say, I can't stand at a door for an hour. I can't even stand for 30 seconds, Pastor. Guess what? We have a place for you as well. We have a place for you as well. His teams are for everyone. So there on the back of your connection cards is a box. If you want to know more about this, I desire to help make Sabbath morning the best experience of the week. Maybe you don't even know how you can... you where you fit in all that, but you, that is a desire of your heart. I desire to help make Sabbath in the morning the best experience of the week for each person that drives onto our campus. Please contact me about serving on a his team. You can check that box. I want to encourage you to check that box and we'll collect those at the door. Our deacons will be collecting those at the door or you can turn them in at the Welcome Center following the service. But I truly want to invite every single one of you to be a part of this. Don't say, well, someone else will do it. It's the privilege and the opportunity all of us have to potentially change a life simply with a smile or a warm greeting or, inviting, or providing a creative Sabbath morning experience that someone will never forget. Several years ago, Christina and I we're celebrating an, an anniversary in Laguna Beach, California. And on Sabbath, we wanted to attend church, and so we were looking for a church, and we found a church to go to. It was actually a non-denominational church, but they had a couple of, of Saturday services, and so we decided to go check it out. We looked at it, and we saw their first Saturday service. We thought, well, that would probably be the least attended. And so we'll go there to, to avoid the crowds and to, to avoid the, the, the parking mess that could be there. And so we... Drove from the beach, we drove from the beach and drove straight to this church and we were driving along there and we were pulling up to this campus and there at the edge of this church was someone standing there as you're about to drive onto the driveway waving at us. Oh, well, isn't that nice? Someone just waving as we drive in and they didn't even look crazy. It looked like they belonged there. We pull in to the, to the parking lot and, and there's signs everywhere directing you where to go. We pull into the parking lot and we get out of the car and there's some attendants in the parking lot. And they said, do you know where to go? Do you need any directions on where to go? There's signs everywhere, but they're still asking us, which I thought was very nice. And, and I said, I, I think we got it. You know, my typical male way, I, I think we got it. And we, we walk, we begin to walk down this long path towards the church. And as we're walking down this long path towards the church, there is this lady standing there in the middle of the path, and she has this 
lanyard on this, this lanyard, and it says on there, uh, my name is, and then it says volunteer, and has the church's logo, and she has this beaming smile like the people at the Apple store. She said, welcome, we're so glad that you're here. I said, thank you, appreciate it, and we keep on walking by. Then we walk up some steps, and at the top of the steps, there are these two people, they look like they might be a couple, and there was these two people there, and they were greeting people as they got to the top of the step, and we got to the top of the steps, and they said, hello, welcome, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, You know, thank you for coming and joining us, and Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. We walk across the the courtyard, and we go to the first set of doors that takes you into the foyer, and someone opens up the door for us, and they step aside, and and they smile, and they say, welcome. I said, thank you, and I walk in, and I get to the next door, and someone pulls open the door, and I'm like, man, I'm the president of the United States here. How awesome is this? And they pull open the next door, and they smile, and they're like, welcome. We go in, and a lady is there waiting for us right there at that spot. She's waiting for us, and she hands us a bulletin. She says, here's a bulletin for you. I said, thank you very much. And she said, there's a study guide there as well. Thank you very much. And then we go in, and we do what all people do when they're a guest someplace. We walked in, and we pause. You know, you members, you go straight to your seats. You know right where you're going. In fact, you're like making that beeline. No one better get in my seat. Um, But we, you know, when you're a guest, you go in and you pause. And so we paused there. We were paused, not because we couldn't find a seat, because there was only about 400 or 500 people in an auditorium of a couple, two or 3,000 seats. It was their first service, remember, and their, their Saturday service. But even though there was tons of seats, the moment we paused, a man walked up to us and said, can I help you find a seat? I said, I, I think we got it. We'll just sit right over there. You get a trend of my life. I think we got it. Self-dependence is not a good thing. God needs to humble us all. But, uh, and we go and we sit down and we, we, we were there for the service and we got up and we left. Can I tell you something? Never have I been to an Adventist church. Never have I been to an Adventist church where I was intentionally greeted eight times before I even sat down. Never. And never have I been to a church where as I was leaving, people opened the doors for me again and said, thank you for coming. We were glad that you were here. Come join us again. And then at the next door, We want to encourage you to go look at our ministry booths. If you want to be involved in any way, go look at our ministry booths out there. Okay, thank you. You don't know who I am. And never, and never have I been to an Adventist church where when I go into the bathroom and I use the restroom and then I'm washing my hands and, you know, water is kind of, I don't know why it's impossible for water to stay in the sink in public bathrooms, but it is. And I'm washing my hands and, you know, water's spilling on things. And so I take a towel to start to dry off the counter. And I hear a voice. Sir, don't worry about that. I'll do it. And I turn around. And there's a gentleman there. And he has a lanyard on. says, volunteer. And I said, are you a janitor here? You know, I just couldn't believe a volunteer. And he goes, no, I'm a volunteer. And this week, my responsibility is to make sure the bathrooms stay clean during the service. Never have I been to an Adventist church in which there's a volunteer that says, let me 
stay in the bathroom for the entire service to make sure it stays clean. Now, I don't believe that we should be copycats in most things. But I sure like it if Spencerville Seventh-day Adventist Church is the first Adventist church that I go to where I am greeted intentionally many, many times before I sit down. I would sure like it if Spencerville Seventh-day Adventist Church was the first Adventist church that people attended in which at the doors, as people left, everybody was saying, thank you for being here. Please come again next week. I sure think it would be great if we were the first Seventh-day Adventist church that had people that said, I want to be on a his team. Let me be in the bathroom all week this week. I only got one amen. <laughs> Folks, we do this why? Because we know something about human nature. If my experience from the edge of the driveway to this point of sitting down in this pew is wonderful, then when the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and says, come and follow me, I'm more likely to say yes. And that is my deepest desire, that people come here and fall more and more in love with Jesus every single week. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your intentionality towards us. May we be intentional in everything that we do for your honor and for your glory. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.